from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Speaking of North Carolina, the Tar Heels, back-to-back big wins against Ohio State and Michigan. This was at the Jumpman Classic Invitational, I should say, at at, uh, at Charlotte C.L. Brown. News and Observer covers the Tar Heels. Joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. CL, what's up, man? Good afternoon, gentlemen. What's going on? Were you on MJ Watch all last night? Did you actually watch the Tar Heels in Michigan? Or were you just trying to see if the jump man was actually at his invitational? I mean, I assumed going in that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, I figured we're lucky. Well, not we're lucky, but (laughs) I, I doubt he's even like in the country, much less the state, you know. I don't know. So, maybe, maybe after the Villanova loss of the championship game, he kind of tries to stay away from these things. You know, I I feel like Roy kind of hinted he's superstitious like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, when they lost that game, there was another game. Like he wasn't at 08 Final Four, but um, there was another time he was he was present and they lost, and so he was yeah. like, "I'm not doing this." But C you know. L Brown joining us here on the OG. All right. I, I did wear my uh, my Jordan 3s in the cool gray, though, you know, as a tribute. I'm going into his house. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay respect. Correct, so. Just gotta in pay. case. Got to pay respect. <laughs> Speaking of coming correct, and I don't want to extract too much out of two games, but I do find it interesting that the Tar Heels, maybe the light bulb is going on that – the book on them last year of being you could push them around a little bit, you know, like the Jason Capel thing when they lost to Pitt, like, ah, you know, you knock them down, they're not going to get back up, they're weak. I feel like the last two games, maybe the right buttons have been pushed. In one case, it was Hubert Davis calling him out at halftime Ohio State. And then yesterday, it was what, quad quad techs? Is that what we had last night? <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, I, I... he got pushed around a little bit. Caleb Love got up, wanted to scrap. I get all that stuff. And that's when things kind of started going for the Tar Heels. I feel like maybe the light bulb's going on, that they got to be tough all the time. I don't know that it's – I still think that, you know, they're, they're a team that sometimes they need a little extra motivation, mm. h- however it comes, whether it's, you know, Hubert calling them soft or something like last night where there's a little extracurricular uh, going on. But they have to rectify that for sure, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward here but um it it almost seems like they're kind of they kind of coast until somebody gets they have some reason to be urgent Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah they definitely need to start bringing that intensity from the beginning and and it's it's exactly like they talked last year where you know they use the phrase you know they let somebody else throw the first punch you know and um, coming into ACC play entirely, starting with a road trip to Pittsburgh on the 30th, you know, they're, they're going to have to be the ones that come out swinging. Mm-hmm. C.L. Brown, News and Observer, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. C.L., are you surprised at all about how Hubert has managed the bench? I know much was made last year about the Iron Five. Um, this is yeah. a whole season, though, and they used seven guys last night. Uh, not that you need many more than seven, but it does seem like it's a little bit light on the rotation. I I am a little surprised because of last year's experience and because, you know, he talked in the off season and then even early when the the season actually started about, 
you know, uh, growing the bench and getting guys he could trust to go in the game. And probably, well, I think when DeMarco Dunn comes back, I felt like he was solidifying himself in the rotation before he got hurt. Um, and we definitely know that Puff Johnson and Seth Tremble, um, the way that he's used them, that they are definites for the rotation. So that, that I think eight is going to be, you know, the clear-cut number. But then when you go past that, uh, there definitely will be spots where a Tyler Nickel, a Dontrez Styles can help you. I'm probably most surprised that Dontrez Styles hasn't factored more into being a consistent player from off the bench because I, I just feel like, He's athletic, you know, he, he has the experience from last year when he was able to get in and, and obviously the big shot in overtime to start uh, that game, uh, to start overtime against Baylor in the tournament. You know, um, I, I just, I don't understand why he can't be a consistent guy from off the bench. And then you still have a talent like Jalen Washington, who since he's come back from, from his rehab and his knee, he has appeared in every game in these last four games. Although these last two Ohio State and Michigan games, it, you know, it's like a minute or two really spot duty. But um, the guys are there to help, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, that doesn't mean they need to be in in the final four minutes of a game when you're, you know, it's it's every possession is deciding a tight game. But, you know, I, I feel like that they can help. And I, I'm surprised. <laughs> that it's taken this long to kind of figure out how to how to work them in consistently. You've covered the league long enough to know, like, you see that backcourt minutes, 38, 35. That's like Coach K stuff, man. Yeah. That's not, that's not <laughs> anything we're used to seeing at Carolina. No. See, yeah, and it seems like it's going to continue because it, you know, to this point, he, he, he hasn't really changed his, his pattern. He hasn't gotten away from yeah, it. Yeah, and I actually give him credit for coaching the team and running the program the way that he wants to run you know, it would oh, be easy sure. to do what, what Dean did, be easy to do what Roy did. But, mm. you know, I, yeah. I actually think that's one of the things that differentiates him. Well, I, I think he's also, you know, this is the second year. I think he's figuring it out, you know, on the fly. But I do think that they really need to get into that extended defense and, and yeah. you know, full court pressure and trap. Not to say that they're going to do it, you know, a full 40 minutes and, and this might be, be who they are, though. 40 minutes of hell, but. Yeah, I, mean, I think it could be. I it's think it's, who they it's are. definitely worked when they when they've used it against Virginia Tech to come back from down eighteen. When they use it against uh, Ohio State to come back from down eleven and and tie that game and send it in overtime. I mean, they, again, they have the bodies, they have the athletes, they can do that. You know, it's just a matter of finding and working your way into actually doing it and trusting that when you're bringing those guys in from off the bench that you can you can get away with having them out there for extended minutes. Well, he doesn't play. I mean, the, the knock on Hubert is he doesn't play his players, right? The guys he recruited. I mean, we don't we can't count yeah. Baycott, Davis, and Love as guys, or, or Leakey. Or Leakey, yeah. Who's going to retire soon. Um, <laughs> and then Nance out of the portal. You know, I'm just, it's just one of those things that, and I'm sure it was a hater who, who brought it up to me. It might have just been a Carolina fan because they hate everything about themselves. But I, I just don't understand. Like, Nick, like, Nickel should play. Tremble should play. Sure. 17 minutes. Like, yeah. they should have bigger. Puff playing 21 minutes. I, I know we saw that. And he's been dealing with an injury, right, Puff? Uh, I think he's straight now. Okay. okay. He, he had, you know, been yeah. dealing with it. But, um, well, I, I mean, I feel like Tremble is, is like, I don't think he needs much more than 18 okay. minutes a game. I think that's kind of his wheelhouse. But you look at somebody like Nickel, he's not even getting that much. Yeah. You know? And, and 
I feel like he can help. But also, I, I do point the finger back at Nickel. When he's in, he has to, like that Ohio State game, he had yeah. two open threes that he missed. I mean, you're supposed to be the scorer. You get a chance. You got you to gotta make it happen when you're in the game. C.L. Brown, News and Observer, joining us here on the OG. we got about 30 seconds. Um, I, I want – I understand the concept is to get it to Armando Baycott. This is something that uh, that Hubert Davis has openly talked about coming out of those those road trips. Is it as simple as that, though? I mean, is it a matchup issue? Is it Baycott's health? Is it making sure that – is this a Caleb Love matter? Like, hey, Caleb, like, don't go and play hero ball all the time. What is it with this focus on Baycott that was missing earlier that we're seeing now? Well, I think it's twofold. I think Armando didn't come out whether it was – I was trying not to point to NIL this summer and all the opportunities he had to, and everything that got him away from basketball. Sure. But I kind of felt like maybe he didn't come into the season with the kind of focus that he needed. And early on, I didn't feel like he was aggressive enough. But, you know, I I think these last four games, it's, it's clear yeah. to me that the offense works best when it's going through him. And they also got away from some of they, – they were heavier on ball screens doing those four uh, – that, that four-game losing streak. They've kind of gotten away from that um, since then, and it's helped with the movement and guys aren't stagnant and just standing around on offense. So uh, I, I do think it's that simple, though. Right. So I think it's that simple as, as Baycott is your number one option. Yeah. And everything else flows through him. As Jillio ranted earlier, sometimes it, it, when your best players are your best players, it's amazing what happens. Sydney uh, Lowe for the, <laughs> exactly. uh, for the Tar Heels. CL, man, we appreciate it. Have a good Christmas. We'll talk to you later. All right. You as well. Thank you, guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to give you our completely original, never been duplicated, nobody ever does this, football power rankings. You're number four, Jillio. Tom Brady's horseshoe. <laughs> you would think it had run out of luck by now. But oh no. With a division title on the line, this is the, the, the quarterbacks that Tom Brady will face in the final three weeks of the NFL season. Are you prepared for this list of powerhouse elite yeah. QBs? Yes, yes. This week they play Arizona. Well, you're like, yeah, but Kyle Murray. I mean, yeah, he's small. He's a munchkin, but he's still really good, Jillio. No, no. Oh, but Colt McCoy, you know, veteran backup, Grizzly. You know, he's he's solid. Nope. Nope. Trace McSorley. No, that's not a Irish bar in Manhattan. <laughs> Trace McSorley, the Penn State, former Penn State quarterback, will be starting for the Cardinals on Sunday. Then, of course, he gets Sammy Darnold, Sammy the D, down in Tampa on New Year's Day. Closes out the season with Desmond Ritter. Dylan Ritter, whatever the Ritter's name is. Who's not going to make it beyond next year anyway? So I don't. I never needed to learn his name anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Number four on my football power rankings are the Carolina Panthers, uh, who are trying to prevent Tom Brady's horseshoe from coming up aces again uh, and making the playoffs. The Carolina Panthers have three weeks with Detroit, Tampa, Atlanta, holding all the tiebreakers, while they 
I, I declared it over with the loss of the Pittsburgh Steelers this past Sunday. But watch the Panthers continue to do the thing that they've done all year to me, and that is we will not let you eject on us. We will not allow you to focus on other things in the NFL. You must pay attention to us. So watch them be at the Detroit Lions this weekend. You're number three, Football Power Rangers. Well, I wouldn't make it the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. But no, instead I'm going to make it Matt Rule, who is on Twitter, (laughs) pointing out that Christian McCaffrey's angry now on the rest of the league. He's going to take it out Uh on the rest of the league. Uh Uh-huh. How does Matt Rule have all this time to tweet? He's kind of like the Elon Musk of football at this point in time. Like, buddy, aren't you trying to build up Nebraska? You sure do have time. Signing day yesterday. You had signing day yesterday. You're tweeting out emojis and accusing other schools of taking guys through NIL. Now you're tweeting about Christian McCaffrey because you're still trying to take credit for the Panthers and the success that they're having and what Christian McCaffrey's doing in San Francisco. Is he taking credit in San Francisco now? Oh, yeah. Buddy. Trust me, he has. Goodness gracious. The Niners have won seven straight, by the way, the last three with Brock Purdy at the helm. Dennis, have you done the Galaxy Brain Matt Rule yet? About you know, it took it, it took me getting fired, you know, being so, I, super terrible yes. for the success of, Ex- the, of the Niners. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, my 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 terrible success uh, it was is what led Chris McCaffrey to San Francisco. So at the end of the day, I am helping San Francisco because <laughs> that's where that's where we're at. And, and, and because of this, the team has really rallied together. So really, I built the culture of winning in Carolina. Perfect, perfect. Next up, number three for me. <laughs> is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Detroit. Detroit. I've got Detroit on the brain. The Dallas Cowboys. And everybody's freaking out about this particular game. I'm convinced that if they weren't playing the Dallas Cowboys, they would be all cool with Jalen Hurts and him sitting. But there's this weird need for him to keep playing. Philly, what's the bigger thing right now? Winning in the playoffs, the Super Bowl, that's what you should be caring about. You've already clinched a spot. Don't be worrying about the Dallas Cowboys and the NFC East at this point in time. Protect your guy. Protect Jalen Hurts. He's the reason why you're in this position. Number two on your football power rankings, Joe. Gardner Minshew. Ah, yes. The man who once thought it was a good idea to break his own hand in order to get out of playing for ECU. Amazing. Is now in the spotlight, potentially, with Jalen Hurts out for the Eagles. But I'm going to slightly disagree with you about what Eagles fans are panicking about. Fair. I think they're panicking that their meal ticket hurts, who is really 85% of their offense is potentially not going to be able to play in the playoffs. Mm. Right shoulder. You don't want to screw around with your right hand, your right shoulder, anything that's going to affect your ability to throw because the maturity of Hurts as a passer is why you've seen the Eagles take off like a rocket this year the way that they have. Of course, if you're a smart Eagles fan, and that's a fairly small subset of Eagles fans, you'd realize the only time in franchise history that you won the Super Bowl was with a backup journeyman quarterback. Are you saying that we have big Gardner Minshew energy? I think we have big stash energy coming for the Eagles. Let's keep an eye on that. Number two on my power rankings would be Mac Jones. Look at Mac Jones becoming a real boy this week. He wasn't going to sit there and let Bill Belichick act as though he couldn't throw the ball down the field against the Raiders in a Hail Mary situation. He was on with WEEI earlier this week 
when he was asked. Yeah, Bill Belichick said they couldn't throw it that far. Do you, do you feel the same way? He just straight up said, no. Good for Mac Jones. I'm telling you, he's grown up to be a real boy. He's even waving off Matt Patricia. Even he recognizes, you have this guy call my plays? And he wants to throw another screen pass? Screw this guy. I didn't realize I'd actually get around to liking Mac Jones this season, but I have. Number one on your football power rankings. Yeah, speaking of Mac Jones, they take on the Bengals this week. And the Bengals are not only 10-3 and three against the number, the Bengals are now the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. They've really come on these last few weeks since losing to the Browns inexplicably. They've won six in a row. I think that I think they're somehow they've taken on the identity of the Rams. Yeah. The Super Bowl winners and the Rams have taken on the identity of the Bengals, the Super Bowl losers. And I think the hangover curse is it doesn't apply to the Bengals anymore. Number one in my football power ranking goes to Roger Goodell. He doesn't usually occupy the number one spot. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit because you and I could probably use the leverage of the league to get favorable deals for the league. All right. Given that it. 75 of the top 100 television broadcasts in 2021 were NFL games. I'll read that again. 75 of the top 100 television broadcasts in 2021. Not sports. NFL. Broadcasts. NFL. Regular season games, playoffs, etc. Super Bowl. So Roger Goodell took this to the tech giants who are in the waning days of their streaming wars. And they're all trying to find different ways to get more eyeballs. Enter YouTube TV, which has about 5 million subscribers. They just paid 2.2 or 2.5, depending on the report, billion dollars for the out-of-market NFL Sunday ticket package. 2.5. They just lit that on fire so that YouTube could probably add, if they're lucky, an additional 1 to 2 million subscribers. Because NFL Sunday ticket accounted for around that amount of paying customers for DirecTV over the last 20 to 25 years. But that's where we are right now. And Roger Goodell can do what no other sports league can do right now. Go to these tech companies and tell Apple, no, these are the terms of the deals. And walk away from Apple and all their billions and go, hey, Google, you want to do this? And they go, yes. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of the NFL. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Like, if you missed this conversation with Brooke Pryor, ESPN, covers the Steelers, it'll be on YouTube later. Brooke. Whoa. Hi, Brooke. How are you? Whoa. Uh, hi. Hi, guys. I don't I don't know why it looks like that. I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, always away from me. <laughs> okay. I'm, we love seeing you, Brooke. Just, I'm just going to, like, just step away my seat. from the camera a little bit. 
away. away. Anyway, you're not on the train tracks. I'm slightly thrown off. We'll yeah, the... I know. Sorry. sorry. I'm not out in the elements. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, nobody wants to be out in the elements today. Uh, from the, the goofier stuff that we get into to a little bit more of a serious, more somber conversation, uh, I know that you had actually been talking to Franco Harris as I, you know, part of what you do, uh, covering the Steelers for ESPN, because they're honoring the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, they're they're going to retire his number, which doesn't happen very often in Pittsburgh, and uh, he passes away. And I know you. I, I caught you on get up talking about this and, and reacting to it. But you know, now that we're we're approaching the actual event itself, you know, how has the city of Pittsburgh been? Just kind of, I guess, taking trips down memory lane. The impact of Franco Harris, not just for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but for for football in general, with that iconic play that we see over and over and over again. It never gets old. Yeah, it's been. Um, I mean, it's obviously a really sad week that it was supposed to be a big celebration I think it can still be a big celebration of Franco's life there's been a lot of people remembering what he brought them in terms of what he brought this team the franchise the foundation he laid but it's also about the memories that he gave people and it's not just because they watched him play like to me the coolest thing has been hearing from parents about passing it on to their kids um, that, you know, maybe the parents weren't even alive for the Immaculate Reception. It was passed down from their parents. And so we're like one in two generations removed from fans who watched Franco Harris in real time, in real life, or listened to the radio broadcast. Um, the thing that I found is that a lot of this unifying, um, just, just core memory or thing that brings everybody together is seeing the statue of Franco in the Pittsburgh airport um, that's kind of provided people a platform to talk to their kids and say oh do you know who that is that's Franco Harris like one guy told me he and his four-year-old son walked by him and son said who's that and he said that right then like he he kind of explained then they went to a restaurant in the airport there's a Permanis right there he's like we ordered a kielbasa sandwich I pulled up video of the immaculate reception and I told him all about it he probably understood none of it and did not get the significance but like it was cool for him. It was cool for the dad. So it's been, it's been really great hearing all of those stories. I mean, that's what I was there to talk with Franco about at the Heinz history center on Tuesday morning. We talked about the airport statue and Mm -hmm. what he remembered about having this plaster stuff coating his face that when it was pulled off, he lost some beard hairs and some eyebrow hairs. Like he was, he was just so, fun and you know still remembered stuff telling stories about one of his friends was on the phone with him had an airpod in uh in the pittsburgh airport as he landed you know was walking out and walked by the statue and so as he's talking to him on the airpod he's standing in front of the statue saying oh yeah franco like i'll i'm headed out to see you soon you know that kind of thing he's saying franco's name as he's standing in front of the statue but he's talking to the real franco harris on the phone And said that people just looked at him like he was crazy when he finally realized that, like, nobody knew he was actually on the phone because he had an AirPod in. So that's that's kind of just like a a little snapshot of 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 what the the last couple of days have been like here. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Gillio. All right. I'm also on uh, Steelers. Mike Tomlin not having a losing record. Watch Brooke. It's going to require either a tie or three wins. We got the Raiders, Ravens, Browns. Where's your confidence level now in the the standard being the standard? Man, I uh, I thought 
that the game against the Panthers was going to be a lot closer. Like I was, I thought that we were going to be writing the Mike Tomlin has a losing season story last week in Charlotte. And then the Panthers went back to the old Panthers and I didn't have to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause once it gets to nine are... in that column, that's when you got to write it. Right. Exactly. I, I, I am. I don't want. I'm not like 100 confident the the team can win out by any means. Mm-hmm. But all three of these games are winnable games, yeah. right? Um, we don't know Lamar Jackson's prognosis if he'll be back for the next game. Um, the Ravens have only gotten worse since the Steelers lost to them a couple weeks ago. Kenny Pickett clear concussion protocol. He should be back. This Raiders team scares me. Uh, for for the Steelers from a matchup perspective because of Josh Jacobs. Looking at Devontae Adams, I mean, their offensive weapons are really, really tough. Um, but the Steelers just shut down a really good run game in Carolina. So I feel better about this than I did a week ago. And then that Week 18 Browns game, who knows what they could be playing for. And they lost to the Browns early this season. But the Browns have also been a weird team that can't seem to get it consistently figured out. So, you can know, we, I'm like, can, I'm, like, can we cut I'm the, pre-writing. Can, you're pre-writing, and I feel like this is more of a thing, like, the, the novelty of it. I don't know. I was bothered by Sunday because the Panthers actually had stakes, okay? Like, they have the tiebreakers for the NFC South. They still do, thanks to the Cincinnati Bengals beating the being beating the Bucks. But I, I this whole, like, what are, the, what are the Steelers really playing for? It's not for Mike Tomlin's losing record novelty stat, is it? I think they care about it. Do they? Do they? I I think they do care about it. They do care about it. Deontay Johnson brought up to in the locker room. Andreas Adams talked to me about it. It's a pride thing, right? I mean, when you can when you can play for a guy and be like, my coach has never had a losing season. That's pretty impressive, and it's not just like a novelty thing. You're also playing because you don't want to be the one team in fifteen, sixteen years that has that first losing season under him. So okay. I think that that is definitely a, a part of, of their psyche right Didn't now. Didn't realize that was a more motivating factor than making the playoffs and, and winning the division. Who knew? Maybe, maybe, well, that's, maybe that's what Steve Wilk should have said to the Panthers on Sunday. Like, guys, we could be the ones. Oh. We could be the ones. It's not about the playoffs today. It's not about the playoffs today. It's about giving, being the team that made sure that Mike Tomlin had a losing record for the first time ever. We're going to go in the history books. It is not more important than the playoffs and any of that stuff. Let's not lose our heads here. Okay. The Steelers can still technically make the playoffs by winning out. So, yeah, Fair. they're motivated by that, like, slim chance of making the playoffs, but they don't control their own destiny. I think the Dolphins have to lose out or, mm-hmm. or lose a couple games, and the Chargers have to lose or lose out or something like that. So, yeah, the Steelers want to win, and, like, yeah, they want to win so that they can maybe make the playoffs, but, like, it's like a byproduct of that, that then they would also keep Mike Tomlin from having a losing season. I also think the Steelers are playing well, given the circumstances. They don't have their quarterback. Yeah. They're handicapped by Matt Canada calling sure. their plays, so. <laughs> Did now, you not see that long drive at the beginning of the third oh, quarter in stop. Charlotte? Like, that that was a Matt, Matt Canada masterpiece. Matt Can- Matt Cannon's going to find himself. He might be the next head coach of the Patriots. 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 No, no, he's no. got to go up, Joe. It's got to go up. Okay, you're right. Gotta go I up. thought a head coaching job would your be head, up. No. No. Your no. head continues to be lost. <laughs> Fair. Exactly. Fair. No, they that, beat, they're going to beat the Raiders that's, that's Saturday. Original. I, 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 uh, stupid me. I knew that they were doing the thing with the Immaculate Reception and Franco Harris, and obviously he passed his way. I didn't realize they were actually playing the Raiders. 
So yes, mm-hmm. this has got yeah. oh, this has got that, Steelers and a walk written mm-hmm. all over it because yeah. Josh McDaniels okay, well, now will soil it. himself because that's what he does. And then, like you mentioned, the Ravens. Now all of a sudden, you are thinking we could still make the playoffs. Yeah. And then by the time you get to that last game, you're just like, well, wait a second. Now we're not going to let the I Browns, mean, who Cower beat forever or, or Big Ben beat forever, you can't let the Browns spoil the party. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is old school. This is like I want to make a bowl game. This is like I want to get into the. Oh we got to. It's like the Virginia Tech bowl streak. I like this. I I do. I hear what you're saying. However, I also was on the Steelers can make the playoff train uh, like two weeks ago before they went out and laid an egg against the Ravens. So every time, yeah, but the Ravens I are good. Myself like, okay, no, this was the Ravens when they had no Lamar and mm. they were. Literally playing Anthony Brown, who I did not Should know not was a NFL. quarterback. Yes. Right. Boston College so, via Oregon. Look, I'm I'm here for you being like, oh, maybe we could get a Steelers playoff run. I am not willing to get myself up for that yet. I have not written any playoff stories. I would not like to start coming up with those ideas right now because I, I don't think it's gonna happen let's uh let's go let's go to somewhere else though uh on your side of the bracket let's let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals before we get out of here uh they 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 seem like after the the early supposed Super Bowl hangover they're healthy and they seem like they have it again do you think they have it again is this the team that in the we're so focused on Patrick Mahomes or so focused on what's going on with the Buffalo Bills that oh by the way the team that did this last year might do it again I mean that's that's the thing with hangovers in my experiences that like they're really rough at the beginning yeah. and the longer you go in the day you take some fluids you get healthier you feel better Hit that Bojangles. and then all of a sudden right exactly you get your greasy food and then you're ready to make a run. I feel like the Bengals have just had their Bojangles and they're ready to make that run. And I like like what they've done on offense so far. The fact that there was not this massive drop-off when Chase went out, that it developed T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Now they've got all three of those guys. Even though there were some injury concerns there, I don't think that that's a long-term thing. Uh, Joe Mixon gets hurt, but it develops Samaj P. Ryan. I really like that one-two punch. Defense, uh, I believe Zach Taylor said today that Trey Hendrickson is not going to miss multiple weeks and that he's good to go. That's a big boost on their defense. So to me, when we get to this time in the season, yes, it's about what you're doing on the field. Like That's obviously huge because you have to win games on the field. But like I'm also looking for style points, honestly, and momentum. And the Bengals have that momentum. The, they, I mean, beat the Chiefs. They came back against the Bucks and mm-hmm. demolished them in the second half. They have the mojo right now. Joe Cool's back. He's got the purple sunglasses. Like, you have to make a deep postseason run when you bring the purple sunglasses out. Like, those mean business. So, those are the yeah, rules. to me, yeah. right, those are the I, – I don't make them. Uh, but, yeah, the Bengals right now are my pick to come out of the AFC and, and make a return appearance in the Super Bowl. Okay. Chilio likes where you're at. Spider-Man. Spider-Man pointing meme. Um, and you got to point at me. I was. <laughs> it only works if you I'm point at me. It. There we go. I'm trying. It's delayed. <laughs> it's, it's, you're, good, you're good now. You're good. I now. also have to like back my hand up so <laughs> you can see it. All right, T-Rex. <laughs> Brooke Pryor, ESPN covers the Steelers. We appreciate the time. Have a very good Christmas. Yes, and we, be on the lookout for your package, your gift. I got it. I'm gonna look for it. I can't wait. All right, bye. Merry Brooke Christmas, Pri- guys. Brooke Pryor, ESPN here on the OG. 
see what she doesn't realize because she's still relatively young is that the hangovers are going to last two days soon. Yeah, the bows has a point it, of diminishing it, returns. It, 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 look, it's I get that the bows hits the spot. It helps you, but it's yeah. You and I have experienced this this year. Where wait a minute, I was this year. I, I usually got through it after a day. Not anymore. It's gonna take me two days now to fully recover.